0: Good morning. What was that? Good morning. Good to see you all this morning. Welcome to worship uh, um, for all of those gathered online and here. Um, Just one reminder, uh, today at 4 o'clock... we are doing a parade at the village like we did last year, and uh, the kids are invited to come dressed up in their Halloween costumes, and, and adults, you can come dressed up too if you want to um, in your Halloween costumes, but at 4 o'clock, we're going to parade around the village and share um, just share uh, costumes and just uh, basically... Um, have an excuse to uh, wave to them and say hello to the folks at the village. Um, and so I hope that you all come out and join us for that. Um, right now, I invite us to turn our attention toward God. I invite us as we, uh, as we gather in this place uh, to set aside uh, distractions that we might have so that we can focus on God's presence here among us. I invite us to come in expectation that we might encounter the Spirit in the midst of this day, um, so that um, we might be changed and shaped in the very depths of our being. And so uh, let us join together our voices um, as we sing the doxology.
1: Pastor Dan, can I provide one distraction before we begin? (sighs) Of course. I would like to invite Rod Morrison up to surprise...
0: No, never mind. Let's go on. Um, oh. Boo. Boo. <laughs> well, he's not dressed up like anything. I, I am not. Is this huh. a trick
2: or a treat?
0: Yeah, okay. right.
1: It's treat. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I just want to thank a few people, and I'm going to start by saying the congregation as a whole with their generosity, the servant leadership team, uh, def- definitely Kelsey Bransfield for all the efforts of getting the word out, Michelle Roach for keeping me on track, Cindy Bald for the financial side. Uh, October is Pastoral Appreciation Month, and through all those efforts, we're able to give Pastor Dan, Pastor Kobe, and Don a nice little gift with some cards. Christy and Linda Morris, I know Stacy called on Tuesday as far as as donating cookies, and six dozen cookies, I know we're supposed to save cinnamon roll cookie for Pastor Dan. So again, thank you so much. Thanks again, Michelle, for middle of October. Hey, Rod, what are we going to do with this? And, uh... (laughs) So, again, thank you.
0: Thanks for the time. Thank you, Rod. Any other surprises? No. No. I'm sorry. So now where are the cinnamon roll cookies? They,
1: they'll, be, they'll be in
0: the back. So. I got to wait till after worship? Okay. All right. Let's... Uh,
2: Somebody stand by the door while we're singing this song. <laughs> Otherwise, he's going to come back with crumbs on his face.
0: Well, let's celebrate Christ's presence among us. Uh.
2: Please stand and sing. the Apostles Creed. We believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified dead and buried. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of God and will come again to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the universal church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please join me in prayer. Holy God, we are so thankful for this opportunity to worship you, to be with you in this place, and to be here with each other in fellowship, in love, in peace, in joy. We are thankful to be here together in whatever season of life we may find ourselves in. We are here with you, but we are here with our church, worshiping you, lifting our voice to you. We come, Lord, into your presence with thanksgiving into in our hearts. We come with praise on our lips. We come expecting to be with you, with our loved ones, that we call brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank you that whatever season of life we are in in this moment, that we are not alone. We have you. Always everywhere with us, but always and everywhere we have each other. Those sitting around us in the pews, those sitting at home watching on Facebook are always a smile away, a phone call away. We thank you that we have this body of people around us to do life together. As we try to our very best, live it for you. So as your people, as brothers and sisters in Christ, God, as your children, we come to you now as Jesus Christ has taught us how to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
0: We're going to take a break from um, uh, talking about spiritual disciplines today, and um, you'll you'll find out why here shortly. But we're going to talk about listening for God in times of choice. Um, now, I am not talking about uh, listening for God when we have to decide about whether or not to beat up our brother or sister. Um, or uh, when we have to decide, am I going to pray or read Scripture today, or am I going to participate in worship? I'm not talking about decisions or choices where there really is a right and a wrong. I'm talking about, um, I'm, I'm talking about when we have, you know, good choices. Like, you know, <sighs> should I eat the Milky Way or the Hershey's or the Butterfinger first? <sighs> what? What was that? Hershey's? Both. Bo- bo- here's, well, here's the thing with this decision. I'm going to eat all three anyway. <laughs> so it probably doesn't matter which one I eat first, right? Um, and I don't think God cares which one I eat first. No, you don't think so? He, he probably would prefer I not eat all three of them, or at least my wife prefers I wouldn't eat all three of them. Um, okay, maybe that's not exactly the kind of decision I'm talking about either. Uh, a, a decision that really has an impact on what might happen. Like, whether I should start Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen in my fantasy football today. I, I, I mean, they're both good choices, right? Uh, but one of them may have a bad, and if I start the wrong one, I might lose the game, and I won't have a chance to win the family championship. Hmm. Any help there? No, no help there either. Um, What do we do when we we have uh, choices that seem to be good? Um, Both choices seem to be good. Well, every year at this time of year, in October, um, pastors receive what's called a pastor consultation form. Um, It forces us to make decisions each and every year. And and on this form, it asks us what counsel that we have for um, for the bishop and for the district superintendent. And and we're given four choices. We can check one of four boxes. Um, I wish to remain. I'm open to move, which means either there's reasons for me to stay or to go. Um, It's I request a new appointment. It's it's time to go. Um, I plan to retire. Well. Um, that form is due November 1st, which is tomorrow, um, and uh, there is just no good place in the worship service to share uh, my answer to that, and so I've decided to do it this way today, um, and um, and then I'm going to unpack some scripture and, and, and invite you um, in this journey of how Deb and I sought to Listen to God in hopes that, as I share that, maybe you'll have insights also when you have similar choices to make. Um, and so, um, at the end of the sermon, I'll tell you what my choice was. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I can't do it that way. Um, we, um, I say we, because this is a choice Deb and I made. Um, you know, uh, I wish to remain. I plan to retire. They are good choices. But um, as of in June, we plan to retire. Um, and, um, and I know that that has many ramifications for the church here. Um, it has not been an easy decision. Uh, but uh, this is where we have come to. And, and you know, we, we've made decisions like this in the past, as I'm sure all of you have. And, and you know, one of the things that we have learned... Um, You know, I am reminded of passages in um, Romans and Philippians, which I'm going to attempt to read. In Philippians chapter 1, 9 through 11, uh, Paul says, This is my prayer, that your love might become even more and more rich in knowledge and all kinds of insight. I pray this so that you will be able to decide what really matters and so that you will be sincere and blameless on the day of Christ. I pray that you will be filled with with the fruits of righteousness which come through Jesus Christ. And then in Romans, um, chapter 12, So brothers and sisters, because of God's mercies, I encourage you to present your bodies as living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God, that is your appropriate priestly service. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can figure out what is God's will, what is good and pleasing to God. The one thing that we have learned um, in the process of our lives is that when it comes to times of choice, if we are not already, if we have not been walking with God in the past, if we have not been seeking to do what God leads us to do, um, it's always a lot harder to hear God. Does that make sense? And I just want to emphasize this because in my ministry, there has been time and time again where I've had folks who... um, haven't seemed to care about following God in their daily lives or doing God's will, and they come to a major decision, and they want God to give them direction. Tell me what to do, God. Give me an answer. Point me in the direction. I don't want to make a wrong answer. And time after time, I see them struggle. And part of that is because they have not been participating in these spiritual practices that we have been talking about. Um, If we want to make good choices in times like this, it is important that we have been in communion with God, that we've been in communication with God through prayer, that we've been in Scripture, that we have a community of people to surround ourselves with. I cannot emphasize that enough. That if we're going to listen to God, if we're going to listen for God in times of choices, um, we we need to be living lives that are already in connection with, with God. Okay? Um, and and, um, and, and, and then, uh, then it's much easier for us um, to just have a, a um, conversation with God and say, God, here, here, here's where I see things. Here is what I see. Now, I don't know about you, but I always tell God I'd prefer an email or a text message really direct to tell me what to do. Um, I think God's, I, I think that's only happened once actually that I can think of maybe. And, and actually it was in, in the call that we got to come here where uh, both the church I was at and we had said we, we want to continue the relationship that we're in. And the district superintendent called and said, uh, um, we want you to move. Um, and um, you've got I think I had 24 or 48 hours. I don't remember. I mean, it was built in. But, but in that, um, uh, I hung up the phone, and Deb and I talked, and we immediately knew what the answer was. Uh, we, we knew that coming to Cameron was the right thing to do. Now, most of the time, that's just not how God has worked in our lives. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't um, always answer the prayer to send an email or um, a text message. Um, and for instance, when I, was, um, when I was discerning whether or not to leave a career in uh, can manufacturing and, and enter into the ministry, um, that, that was a, a process. Um, when I first thought or sensed that God was saying, this is what I want you to do or this is where I'm leading you, um, I was pretty sure I had lost my mind uh, because I had been... Um, I had been lay leader and I had been on the board and I knew that, um, I, I, I knew what, what uh, the life of a pastor was like. And so I thought, this must be crazy. Uh, but as I began to pray and I, and I interacted with people that I knew and, I, and, and of course, um, I, I went to Deb and I knew she'd straighten me out. You know, I just knew she would say, are you crazy? Who wants to move every five or six years? And are you nuts? Um, and she said, well, if that's where you think God's leading you, then I think we need to continue to pursue that. Um, I talked with my small group, and that's what they said to me. And I, I think one day, we, we, I think we were visiting your folks, as I remember, and I don't remember how your mother, I don't know if we were talking, I don't remember exactly, um, or if she just discerned it, because she's a pretty discerning woman. Um, but um, she she said, uh, um, Dan, I think that's a good thing, that you become a pastor. Um, and, and so everywhere we turned, um, we seemed to get a confirmation of, of that's what we ought to do. Um, we, we, um, we laid out, we weighed the options, we used the... You know, we use the Christ-redeemed brain that we were given. Um, I am not, if you've been around here long enough, you know that, that I don't buy into this idea that, um, that God has a blueprint, and I have to discover exactly what it is that God wants me to do, um, or else uh, the end of the world is coming because I've made the wrong choice. But neither am I a person who thinks that when we make decisions, we just make them with um, all of our own wisdom without having God involved. Does that make sense? Um, But we are called to use our Christ-redeemed brain to to analyze and to look at options and to weigh them. And and my kids would say, maybe I could shut mine down every now and then and not analyze things quite so much. Um, But um, I want to figure out all the possibility, well, if I stay, this is what could happen, and, and if I retire, this is what could happen, and, and, and before long, I'm trying to project things that I really don't know what's going to happen. And I come back to, I have to start with what I already know, what I already know, which is I desire the best. I desire to make the best decision in this point in time. Um, the best decision for us as a family and the best decision for, um, for, for a congregation. Um, and part of that means that I have to stop. We need to stop and we really need to know ourselves, don't we? Um, in choices like this, we need to know ourselves and our own motives. Um, what, what motivates you um, to, to uh, decide? Um, is it a motivation just for this uh, idea of the American dream? I've, I've worked my life, and so now it's time to just kick back and take it easy. And, or um, am I being motivated to stay? Because, you know, um, working another two or three years would build up that retirement nest egg enough that I wouldn't have to worry about whether or not we have enough money to get us to 120, because that's how old we're living to be, right? <laughs> no? Well, we can dream, I guess. Um, but um, or, or, um, or, or for security, does that make sense? Uh, so, so we have to understand what motivates us. And time and time again, um, it comes back for us anyway to um, being in communion with God paying attention to what God speaks to us and says to us, um, understanding our motives, uh, making sure. And then the other thing is um, uh, we, we try not to make decisions when we're angry or depressed or discouraged. And so it's important for me to say to you all, uh, the decision to retire has nothing to do with anything that's happened in the church. Do you hear that? I am, I am not angry, I am not disturbed, I am not discouraged. In fact, as I look at the church and I see where the church is, I, I, I don't know if we could be in a better place than we are coming out of a pandemic. I really don't. And in fact, I have to admit that in part, that's what made the, the decision a bit harder. Uh, because I look around at the folks that are here, um, and it's like, uh, man, God, I, I, don't, I don't know on Sunday morning I won't get to uh, uh, be in front of a folks and see these wonderful smiling uh, faces and look around and, 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 and see folks of, of whom that um, I do daily life with. There are kids here that I had hoped that I would be here until they graduate from high school. You know, because I did come with the idea that I would stay here until I retire. I just thought that might be like six or seven more years. Um, but that is not the case. A- and part of that, because so you're saying, well, so um, why in the world are you thinking about retiring then? What's your problem? Have you not listening to God? Um, well, here's the thing. I keep asking God. I'm, I'm going to read this passage, which y'all may think is weird to read. Um, 18 through, uh, Luke 18, 35 through 43. Um, but I, I, I will tell you that um, God has not sent me an email. He has not sent me a text message. And this decision is not as clear as the decision when I decided to become a pastor. Um, But here are these words, and then um, after, after you're done scratching your head, I'll tell you why I chose this passage, okay? 35 through 43. This is Jesus on his way into Jerusalem. As Jesus came to Jericho, a certain blind man was sitting beside the road begging. When the man heard the crowd passing by, he asked what was happening, and they told him, Jesus, the Nazarene, is passing by. And the blind man shouted, Jesus, Son of David, show me mercy. Those leading the procession scolded him, telling him to be quiet. But he shouted even louder, Son of David, show me mercy. Jesus stopped. He called for the man to be brought to him. And when he was present, Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, Lord, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, receive your sight. Your faith has sealed you. And at once he was able to see. And he began to follow Jesus, praising God with all the people who saw it. And they gave praise to God too. You see the passage in there that keeps coming back to me and it's been a passage that has has uh, been under my skin probably for three or four years um, since I began doing this retreat and it's this question that Jesus asked what do you want me to do for you I keep asking God What is it you want me to do for you? I mean, most of my life as both a layperson, as a pastor, um, I have often thought that this relationship with God is about what I do for God. What can I do for God's kingdom? And I I keep asking God, what do you want me to do? And this this is what I keep getting from God. This is so frustrating. God says, I want you to answer the question. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? In this season of life, what is it that you truly desire? And of course, I say, I desire to serve you. And God says, I know that. What is your greatest desire? And so, I've really had to dig deep. I don't know about you all. Uh, but I realize I probably haven't taken time to really answer that question. And so as we move forward um, as, um, as this uh, little person, can I call you a little person? Um, Deb speaks in my ear and we have conversation. Um, we <laughs> I th- this, is, um, this is the conclusion that I've come to. What I really want in this season of life is I want to spend more time with Deb. Um, a- and I think um, part, of, part of COVID has awakened me to that. Part of losing my brother-in-law um, two, two, two years, one year ago. It's been a year, right? Using my, losing my brother-in-law, who's about my age. Um, um, also has just awakened me to the fact that I see so many folks who have plans for what they're going to do at some point in time in the future, um, and, and then that never comes. We are fortunate in that the decisions that we have made in life, um, our stewardship with our, with our finances and with our time, have put us in a position where we are able to actually, um, well, we can get to 92, I think. I'm not sure about 120. Um, we may have to trust God for the other, um, what is that, 28 years? We may have to trust God with those last 28. Well, I think maybe we'll trust him with all of them, though. What do you think? Um, but this desire to spend uh, more time with her, more time with our kids and with our grandchildren, as Kobe reminds you every time that we go away, and he truly does worry whether or not we will come back from Philadelphia or New York. Um, You all all think he's joking, but when I get back, he always says, I'm glad to see you decided to come back. Um, And this may sound strange, more time to spend with God. More time to be in prayer and scripture um, just for the joy of seeking to hear God speak, not with the pressures of of doing a sermon or teaching a lesson or something like that. More time to to listen to God and to be with family and to really discern in this season of life, where is it that God is going to call me to live into love like Jesus so that I might make a difference in the lives of of the people in the community wherever we end up. For you see, Um, While I may retire from pastoral leadership, um, I will never, ever retire from being a disciple of Jesus Christ, from seeking to serve him wherever I might be, so that I truly might make a difference in the lives of other people. But we have come to the conclusion that in this season of life, um, that place is no longer to lead, to be a lead pastor in a church. Um, I could probably do this for two or three more years and still have the same passion, but I do not want to be like the folks who who just hang on. And so as we talked about it, as we look at it, um, the reality is that that this church is in a good place. It is in a better place than when we came here. It is in a place where um, you all are ready to move into the future um, and and actually, in reality, it is probably a good time uh, for the church to um, have a, a new pastor, uh, one who, um, who's got the energy and the passion, a, a, and one who will lead you into the future. And I trust, I trust that uh, the cabinet and the bishop and God will provide that pastor, all right? Um, and I trust that as we move into this new phase of life that um, we, we will also learn as time goes along. Because, you, you know, I, 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 I tell Deb, you know, God just, if God would give me the whole blueprint print, like, okay, so what is it I'm going to be doing in three or four years? I'd like that a lot more instead of this thing of it's time. It is time to step back. Uh, from the stresses and from the responsibilities uh, of being a senior pastor and to step forward into a new, a new season of life. And so that is what we're going to do. But it doesn't start tomorrow, okay? I'm here to the end of June, all right? So don't be kicking me out the door too soon, um, Or don't be like, yeah, we don't care what he says. He's a short timer. Um, Because, you see, we still have this path that we are on. This path to understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus. This path to truly learn to live and to love like Jesus. So that wherever God plants us in whatever season of life, we can make a lasting positive difference in the lives of other people. And so um, I invite you to hear these last words from Ephesians. One of my most favorite passages, Ephesians chapter 3. This is Paul's prayer for the church of Ephesians. You may hear this again before I go. This is why I kneel before the Father. Every ethnic group in heaven or on earth is recognized by him. I ask that he will strengthen you in your inner selves from the riches of his glory through the Spirit. I ask that Christ will live in your hearts through faith. And as a result of having strong roots in love, I ask that you'll have the power to grasp love's width and length, height and depth, Together with all believers, I ask that you'll know the love of Christ that is beyond knowledge so that you will be filled entirely with the fullness of God. And then Paul goes on, glory to God who is able to do far beyond all that we could ask or imagine by his power at work within us. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations forever and forever. Amen. You see, part of making decisions is also when we have this peace of God to make the decision, to trust God, and to know that with God and in the presence of God, things um, th- that um, things will be even better than our imagination, even beyond the dreams that we might have, that is what God is able to accomplish. We believe that in the very depths of our heart. And we look forward to what God has in store for us and for you. But in the meantime, I'm here to the end of June. Did you get that? I'm going to ask us now. Let's pray. Gracious God. Indeed, we thank you for your presence in the midst of all of life. We thank you that um, you give us a brain to think with. We thank you for the wisdom, for the resources, for the people you bring alongside of us. We thank you for your spirit, which leads us and guides us. And we thank you for your promise that you will never abandon us, that we are able to make choices and to trust that you will honor those choices and that you will be present and that sometimes things even beyond our dreams happen. Continue to lead us and guide us so that we might be a people who live and love like Jesus, so we might make a difference in the lives of the people in our community and throughout the world. In Christ's name, amen. And now, I'm going to invite you to join with me in the great Thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. with you. Lift up your hearts. Up Let us give thanks to the Lord our God.
3: It is right to give our thanks and praise.
0: It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. Your foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and your weakness is stronger than human strength, and your promises are steadfast, and your love abides in us and around us forever. And so, with all the people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and we join in their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Indeed, holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. He preached this radical message of justice and love and peace. He came to remind us of what it looks like to be a human who lives out the image of God that is within us. He came to remind us and to show us God's love and God's goodness and God's grace. By the baptism of his suffering death and resurrection, you gave birth to your church. You delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and you made with us a new covenant by water and by spirit. On the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took the bread. He gave thanks. He broke it. Gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the supper, he took the cup. Again, he gave thanks. He said, uh, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. And so it is in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, that we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the great mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon those gathered in this room, um, for those gathered um, around um, the, the Internet. And pour out your Spirit upon this gift of bread and cup, that they may be for us the body and blood of Christ, so that we might be the body of Christ, redeemed by Christ's blood, filled with His Spirit, ever seeking, ever seeking to hear and to do and to live in communion with you. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ shall come in final victory, and we shall feast at that heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. And all God's people said... Amen. I hope that's our prayer this day. I hope that we offer ourselves to God and ask, is it I that you sin? Lead me where you would lead me to go. Um, I'll remind you that if you, if you all stick around, if you have questions for me, I'll answer questions. Um, you can also, uh, for those online, uh, text me, give me a call, email me. Uh, my office is open. Um, I'm, I am certainly willing to share and chat some more. Um, and then, are there refreshments in the back, or is that, is that right? Um, except nobody is supposed to touch the cinnamon cookies, right? Those are, everybody's like, ha, you're leaving, we're going to go eat them all, who cares anymore? Uh, go, go, in the name of Christ this day, to be his disciples, to live and to love like Jesus, so that you might make a difference in the lives of your family and of your neighbors, of people in this community, of people throughout the world. Go in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit to love God and to love others.